Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. As you turn to Nehemiah 1, everyone say, nothing just happens. Well, look at your neighbor behind you, tell him, nothing just happens. Nehemiah chapter 1, as you turn to Nehemiah 1, it's in the Old Testament, page 442. In the book of Nehemiah, we find a story of a man who is the cupbearer to the king of Babylon or the king of Persia at this time. And he hears about something that's going on back in his hometown where his ancestors came from. And he's making great money. The guy has a great job. He's driving a nice car. He has a 401k. He's, uh, you know, he has retirement. He has a great relationship with the king. And then he finds out what's going on back home. And it causes some unrest in his heart. And this is where we pick it up. That I want you to understand that many of us want a better life, but few are willing to do what's necessary to get there. How many want a better life? Come on. How many would love to make more money? How many would love to be in better shape? I had someone tell me last service, Pastor, round is a shape. How many would like to better, and don't, don't say this out, like a better marriage? Better kids? Don't, don't say nothing. And get, get in trouble. All right? How many would... Rich husband? Come on, sister, speak it. Everyone, just let's agree right now for Sister Sandra. Father, send her a rich husband in Jesus' name. Okay, we're just coming to agreement for that right now. All right? Sons, son, a saved rich husband. Okay, we're down with that. All right? You can get him saved. We'll work on that. But I want you to understand nothing just happens. And the problem is many of us complain about our situations, but we do little or nothing to change our situation. And the series that we are about to start is going to take a look at, at, at Nehemiah and Nehemiah's ability to see a situation that was going on for over 120 years. The people were in this situation, but they did nothing to change it. And I want you to know that God created you for something better than what you are experiencing right now. But it's up to you to stand up and make some changes to bring about a change in your life because nothing just happens. And so you got to recognize the cause and effect. How many have heard of that in in school? Cause and effect. Sowing and reaping for you, those of you Christians, right? Choices and experiences. Decisions and directions, intentions and destinations, the choices you make today determine the experiences you have tomorrow. If you want a better experience tomorrow, you got to make better choices today. Say it again, Pastor. You got to. So listen, if you're not going to encourage me, I'll encourage myself on good points, okay? And so the reality is this is that you are one choice away from a better life. Because nothing just happens. Nehemiah chapter 1, starting in verse 1. The memoirs of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the twelfth year, 
It says, at the time I was in the palace complex of Susa, Hananiah, one of my brothers, had just arrived from Judah with some fellow Jews, and I asked them about the conditions among the Jews who had survived. Everyone say survived. survived. The exile and about Jerusalem. Verse 3, and they told me the exile survivors who are left there in the providence are in bad shape. Someone say bad shape. Bad shape. How many know some people that are in bad shape? In fact, let's take it a little closer. How many of you know that the city of San Jose is in bad shape? Our neighborhoods are in bad shape. Our communities are in bad shape. Our nation is in bad shape. And he says this. Conditions are appalling. The walls of Jerusalem are still in rubble. The city gates are still cinders. And when I heard this, I sat down and wept. And I mourned for days Fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. As you're seated, I want you to understand something. How many believe in miracles? That was weak. I want to ask. How many believe in miracles? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe in miracles. I believe we serve a God of miracles. But I also believe that although I believe in miracles, most of the things God does, he does through principle, not miracle. Our God is a God of principle first before he's a God of miracle. Because God has put in his word principles to live by. When we need a miracle, we're asking God to break his principle in order to bring about that breakthrough. Please say that again, Pastor. God's given us, he gave the, the, the early Israelites, gave them a whole breakdown of what not to eat. And when we break God's law about how to eat, end up with heart conditions, diabetes, and all. And then after we get those things, we say, Pastor, devil's attacking me. (laughs) You know what? I've never seen the devil order in and out for you. (laughs) I never saw the devil put that pork in your mouth. Never saw them baby back ribs forced down your throat by, by the devil. You made choices in your health that affected you, and now we're praying for a miracle because I got five arteries that are clogged, and I'm going in for a bypass, and I'm asking God to, to please do a miracle. Why? Because I broke his principle. We don't need to rebuke the devil. We need to rebuke the fork. Jesus' name. Now, now don't get, don't get, man, don't look at me like that, bro. You're mad at me right now. I ain't going off about what you're eating right now, but the reality, you know, financially, we go out, we go out to that Black Friday sale, and we spend money that we don't have to buy things we don't need, to impress people we don't like, (laughs) and then we end up with the bill and find out, God, I need your help to pay my rent. To pay my mortgage and you're, you're in trouble and you get you need a miracle. Come on, somebody, because we broke God's principle. But I want you to understand that nothing, someone say nothing, nothing. just happens. Every promise that God has for our lives has a human responsibility connected to it. 
And I want you to see what's going on here in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is about a thousand miles away from where this guy Nehemiah is at right now. And Jerusalem's walls are destroyed with, have been destroyed by the nation of Babylon over 120 years earlier. There's, they lay in rubble. The gates have been burnt with fire. There's some exiles, some survivors that are living in poverty in this city. And so there, there's, no, there's no crops. There's no business. There's no function. And so they're just surviving. I, I got a little secret for you. God never intended for you to survive. Survival was never God's plan for your life. And so there, there's some people that are just getting, the, the walls are burnt. Now the walls were usually built as a sign of strength to keep people out and to keep certain things in. If you had livestock, you had certain, you, the walls help keep your cattle from taking off on you. So the walls were not only to keep people out, but to also keep the things God blessed you with in. Then you had gates. The gates allowed certain people in, but also kept certain people out. And in every one of our lives, we need gates to be wise as to who we let in our lives and who we say, no, you ain't allowed in here. Oh, come on, somebody. Some of you married? There's certain ladies that don't need to be coming around your husband. I love you, but you're not allowed in here. You're not coming in here. There's certain movies that I'm not going to allow in my house. There's certain music I'm not going to allow in my house. There's gates for a reason. And so the, the standards of the walls, the walls have been burnt. So now the enemy can walk into their city and walk out. There's no standard. It's been destroyed. And all that's left there in this place are survivors. Everyone say survivors. Now, I need you to understand something. I, I love survivors because survivors told me that the enemy took his best shot at you, but you're still standing today. He may have knocked you down, but I got back up again. You might have pushed me down, but I rose back up. You may step on me. You may cut me. You may do whatever, but I still am a survivor today. Oh, come on. If you survived something today, give a shout of praise to God. Some of you should not be here today. You shouldn't be here. Your marriage shouldn't have survived that struggle. You shouldn't have survived that addiction. You shouldn't have survived that crash. You shouldn't have survived that struggle. But you survived it. But not only survived, you're going to thrive through it as well. Come on. So here's Nehemiah. He gets this devastating news about what's going on in his homeland. Now, what's a trip is he's never been there before. It's his homeland through heritage, but he's never stepped foot on that property. He was born into exile. He was born into slavery. And he's working here in his name. The, the name Nehemiah means Yahweh comforts. Oh, come on. God comforts. You imagine having that name? God comforts that wherever you go, you bring comfort. We, we, got them, we, we got them drama people. Always bring drama in your life. And they, they're just great at drama. And they always write a part for you in their script. Here, this is who you are today. This is what you're going to do. You're going to do this. And you're going you're gonna to cause this issue. And, we're, and, and they always want you to play. I refuse to be in your drama. You ain't paying me enough to be in your drama. All right? If you want me to act in your drama, you're going to have to pay me good in order for me to step into your drama. 
But I'm not going to be a free actor in your drama. There's too much drama going on in this world. Nehemiah, his name means Yahweh comforts, and he was born into exile, and he is what's called a cupbearer to the king. And what the cupbearer did, this was his responsibility, okay? He would take whatever they were going to serve the king, he would make sure he was the first one to open it, test it, taste it, then wait. If everything was okay, then he would hand it to his king. My queen. My queen. And so that's what his responsibility and that, that job was so important. Why was it important? Because he had to have a good relationship with the king. He had to have the trust of the king. Even as an exile, he had to have the heart of the king. And so he gets to be there when all the decisions are being made. He lives in the palace. Dude is probably driving a nice car as well. Has his chariot with 24s on it, rolling up to the palace. Has his own parking place. He has his own 401k, his, re his retirement. He's working. He, he has his life set, everything he wants. He, he gets to eat and drink the best of the food. And just like an FBI agent or a Secret Service agent, he's there to take a bullet for his king. But it might be a Merlot, which is a kind of wine for some of you, okay? <laughs> I'm not a wine drinker, so I don't know. I just heard that. Or why, he, he would drink it first before he handed it to the king. He would test it out, okay? Now, look what happens here in verse 4. And when I heard this, someone say heard this. I sat down and wept. Man, th this dude hears about what's going on way over there, and he begins to cry. He, he, his heart is so broken, he begins to cry and wept, weep. And I, I mourn for days, fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Something happened to Nehemiah. He, he was having a great life until he heard about what was going on in Jerusalem. Everything was great. He, he was making money. He, he, was, he was stacking paper. Things were going good in his life until he found out what was going on over there. It messed up his ability to operate over here. Follow me, so I'm, I'm going to take you somewhere. He ended up running into what's called a burden. Everyone say burden. burden. Have you ever had a burden before? Oh, come on. Ever been worried about your marriage? Worried about your kid? Worried about your finances? Worried about your city? Worried about the education? Worried about the schools? Worried right now about the city? Worried right now with these earthquakes happening? Hurricanes happening? Solar eclipses taking place? We got earthquakes that are shaking. We got earthquakes to, uh, or, or hurricanes coming in. We got all these uh, civil unrest going on. I got people calling me like crazy. Are the end times coming? <laughs> Pastor Dan, are we in the end times? Yeah, we're in the end times. But like I said, that doesn't, these things don't scare me, but they do prepare me. You shouldn't be scared about the things that are going on in this world. You shouldn't be scared about the threat of nuclear war. Why? Because as long as we are committed to our king, our king is in control of whatever takes place. I ain't worried about an earthquake. Now, my daughter, my daughters are Angie's. Middle of the night, we feel that little shaking. She wakes me up. Did you feel that? Well, now I did. Only shaking I felt is when you woke me up. 
She went to the point that her and Pastor Matt put on their phones this earthquake app. And every, every second, do you feel that? There was another earthquake. We got another earthquake. Uh, she's an earthquake tracker now. She's tracking every earthquake. These guys all the time. Hey, do you feel it? We just had another one. It was, it was uh, less than 1% of an earthquake. It was 0.8. said, anyone feel that? No, not even ants felt that one. But they're tracking it. They're keeping an eye on these things. But when you have a burden, he didn't even know the condition. This is a trip. He didn't even know anyone there. He never met anyone there. But he has this burden. You know, it reminds me of Jessica with Operation Christmas Child. She never met any one of those kids. She doesn't know who's going to get a box. She's never met any of these children. And yet, there's a burden that she felt for someone she never met that began to weigh upon her, that made her rise up to make a change. There's a burden that's placed upon him. And I want you to understand something. That the the condition of the people he didn't even know affected him to the point where he couldn't even function. Dude, he's standing there like this before the king. And you can't do that before the king. Because you're nervous or you're scared. The king thinks you're up to something. You're trying to kill me. And so he can't function at his job. Whenever you have a burden that touches your heart, it's times that you remember you can't even, you, you can't even drive to work right. You're like, whoa, where, where? What, what am I? You almost get an accident. You, you're, you're, you're not focused. You're at work. You're staring at the screen, but you're not even, you're not even there. You're, you, when you have an argument with your spouse and things are going rough in your marriage or your, th- things are going hard with the kids, your kids are struggling. As parents, are, our, our minds are gone. You're going through it at school. You're failing, and maybe the classes aren't going the way they should. You're in that moment where you're lost. You're confused. You're in that moment of day. Have you ever been there? You know what I'm talking about, where a burden gets a hold of you, where you're concerned about something so much that you can't function, but I'm here to tell you, a burden's not a bad thing. Say it again, Pastor, a burden is not a bad thing. Everything starts with burden. Everything begins with burden. Burden is your starting point. Everyone say starting point. It's, it's, the, it's the place where we have that start, starting line. It's where the gun goes off. Everything starts with burden. Every time I see Tina post on social media, it's always about her girls. Her girls, concerned about my youth. Concerned about my youth. What my, what's my youth doing? Or, or it's about uh, the wedding. Or it's about the youth. It's all about the youth because it's all about your burden. What you're concerned about, and burden's not a bad thing. It's a starting point. Now look with me in Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4. It says, when I heard this, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, fasting and praying. Notice this. He doesn't do anything. He prays. Goes to God. Many of us, as soon as we have a burden or something takes place, we start running around trying to fix things. And you jack everything up. And then you take it to God and God's like, man, that's a mess. I could have fixed it. Now you need a miracle. Because you broke the principle. Sat down for days fasting and praying before who? The God of heaven. I want to give you four points very quickly to how to break through when you have a burden. Number one, very quickly, know who to cry to. 
Knowing who to cry to is important. Knowing who to take your burden to is important. You, you, you got to know who to take your issues to. Look what Nehemiah does in, in, in Nehemiah 1.5. I said, God of heaven, or said, God, God of heaven. Now notice this, the great and the awesome God. Loyal to his covenant and faithful to those who love him and obey his commands. Look at me and listen. This dude's buttering God up. God, you're awesome. You're amazing. And that's what praise does. Has anyone ever praised you or acknowledged how, how good you are at something? You know what? Instead of saying, hey, go, go barbecue. Make us something to eat. Man, no one barbecues like my husband. Man, he is amazing when he gets behind the grill. He'd be like, really? Yeah, yeah, go fire something up. Okay, I'll show you right now. <laughs> Ladies, you just got to know how to work it. We can, be, we can be manipulated very easily if you use the right words. But when you say, hey, just take out the garbage. Hey, I, take the garbage out. I need the garbage out. Take the garbage out. I ain't taking nothing out. In my house. I'll take it out when I want to. But we ain't eating until you take the garbage out. Well, you know what? I feel like taking the garbage out right now. But not because you said it. Who you cry to is important, and Nehemiah knew who to go to. I'm here to tell you right now, too many of us are running to the wrong person. If they can't help you with the issue, you're telling the wrong person. Listen, some problems need to stay off social media. Some people don't need to know all your business. Angry. Then you get that emoji. Who cares? <laughs> no one, they got their own issues that they're going through. You think by posting to all the world that you're being a great witness about how great God is? I'm just done. you got to know who to take your problems to. And that we recognize that we don't represent ourselves. We represent the king of kings as well. And so what he was wise enough to do, he doesn't tell anyone else. He doesn't run to anyone else. He keeps it to himself and he takes it directly to God. And he says, God, this is my issue. God, this is my problem. Number one, know who to take your problem to. Number two, you got to take ownership you got to take ownership of where you're at right now. You can't blame other people for where you're at or what's going on in your life. Now listen, now it might not be your fault that you got to where you are, but if you stay there, it's your fault. Please say that again, Pastor. Someone, someone's action may have put you in that situation. But if you stay in that situation, it's on you. You can't blame someone else for where you're at. Nehemiah takes ownership. And what's a trip? He never even been to Jerusalem. And he's taking responsibility for their condition. Look what he says here in verse 6. He says, pay attention to this prayer, your servant. I am praying day and night. Man, he kept on praying, interceding for your servants, the people of Israel, confessing the sins of the people of Israel. And I'm including myself I and my ancestors are among those who have sinned against you. My bad. My bad, God. I blew it. I messed up. Where they're at right now is on me. Where they're at right now is my fault. 
He goes, why? Because we've treated you like dirt. I'm where I'm at right now because of how I treated you. I'm where I'm at right now because of the things I've done. I'm where I'm at right now because of the choices I've made. God, this is on me. And you will never change your life until you recognize that you are responsible for where you're at right now. Everyone say number three. three. Give your burden to God. I love what he does here in verse eight. In fact, worship team, if you would help me. Verse 8, this is what he does. He says this. All the same, remember the warning you post to your servant Moses. If you betray me, I'll scatter you to the four winds. But if you come back to me, but if you come back to me and do what I tell you to do, I'll gather up all those scattered peoples from wherever they ended up and put them back in the place I choose to mark my name. God is gathering right. He's calling prodigals home right now. He's restoring right now. If your family member has walked away from God, I'm here to prophesy to you that they're on their way back right now, that God is bringing them back home once again. God is bringing back the family that has been scattered. I got my beautiful, beautiful daughter sitting in the front row today life committed to God because there was a season she walked away but God has brought her back today I I preach and I look at her and I see the restoration of my family I see the restoration of God's glory I'm here to tell you that you're about to walk into a season of restoration of getting back those things that were taken from you things that were broken down being rebuilt God is in the rebuilding process right now and he says this Tells him, he goes on, I'll scatter you or I'll bring you back to the place that I choose to mark with my name. And then he says this. I I love this part. Check this out. Now, you need to speak this over here. I've spoke this over my family. I spoke this over you, the church. I spoke this over over every family that I see here today. At one time, I'm going through social media, see your faces. I make this declaration. Well, they are your servants, your people whom you so powerfully and impressively redeemed. Start going through, and I see things you're going through. It's okay, God. Sam belongs to you. Remember, Sam's yours. But God, whatever, whatever, whatever the Vasquez's are going through, I ain't tripping. They belong to you. I place them in your hands. Whatever Rich is going through, I don't have to trip because I know you belong to him. I have to worry about you. I don't have to carry the burden for you because you belong to him. I need you to understand. I don't have to worry about the Martinez's because whatever you go through, you belong to him. See, I need you to understand what God does here. You need to recognize the difference between a burden and a vision. And many of us are walking around because we're burdened by things in life. What's a burden do? A burden wears you out. Have you ever gotten tired? Wake up and you're tired. Go to bed, you're tired. Get to work, you're tired. You wake up at 9 o'clock, I need a Red Bull. 
11 o'clock or 12 o'clock, I, I, need, a, I need a monster. After that, at, at 3 o'clock, I need a five-hour energy. I, we're taking all these energy drinks because we're so burnt out. We're so tired. We're so overwhelmed because of my marriage, my children, my city, my finances, all the problems we're going through because burden will wear you out. It gets you tired. You just wake up and you say, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to go through this cycle. Anyone know what I'm talking about this morning? I just, I'm tired of going through this. I don't want to do this. It, it causes regret, man. I should have never done that. If I hadn't done that, we wouldn't be in this situation. It, it causes you to feel hopeless. Man, I'm never going to get out of this. There's no, I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And if it was a light, it would be a train to run me over. There's no way I'm going to have an ability to move forward. It focuses in on the past, not the future. And it ends up paralyzing you. But Nehemiah takes this thing called a burden. takes it to God he hands it to God he says God I'm giving you my city I'm giving you my family giving you my community I'm giving you my future you know what God does how amazing God is God gives the the burden back to Nehemiah but it's no longer a burden it's a vision. Now he has a goal. Now I'm not walking around hunched over because of my burden. I'm walk, walking around with vision. I'm walking around with drive because vision drives you. Vision makes you content. Vision gives you hope. Vision focuses in on the future, not on the past. Vision empowers you. It doesn't paralyze you. I'm here to tell you today that those of you that are walking around with burden today, if you would just give that burden to God, give your kids to God, give your marriage to God, give your, your future to God, stop trying to figure out what God is concerned about over your life. Just give it to God. Thank you, Cisco. You were not created to carry a burden. You were created to carry his presence. If you give your burden to God, God will give it to you with the vision. And vision wakes you up in the morning. Vision drives you. Vision is what brings Pastor Ed and Tara all the way from Tracy every Sunday morning to minister to the marriages of this church. Vision. It drives them. They're not tired. They're, they get up. They come. They get ready. They prepare. They bring it. It's what gets Pastor Catalina up early in the morning and teaching on Sunday mornings with Paragon and then the prayer team after that. It doesn't tire you. It drives you. It's what caused us to come from Manteca and plant a church in the city of Eastside San Jose. Why? Because we had a vision. Other people were like, man, that, I'm just too tired. I can't do that. The reason you're tired is that you're not living from a vision. You're operating under burden. It's time to start handing that burden to God. And look what Nehemiah says in verse 11. Oh, master, listen to me. This is a prayer that we all have to pray this morning. Listen to your servant's prayer. And yes, to all the servants who delight in honoring you. How many here love honoring God? Then that means you, what he's talking about. Listen to all the servants who enjoy honoring you. 
and make me successful today so that I can get what I want from my king. What am I talking about? Nehemiah, like God placed me in this place to get next to the king. Because king, you're going to pay to rebuild that wall. And you're going to give me the resources to rebuild that wall. God placed me here because you're going to prepare me to rebuild that wall. And what does vision do? Listen, as I close this morning. Vision helps you see what could be, what should be, and what would be. Oh, come on. Come on. Tina, why do you work with those youth? You see, not their condition where they're at right now, but you see what they should be, what they could be, and what they would be. I'm here to tell you right now that if we would start seeing our city, our state, our country, not as where it's at right now, but where it should be, where it could be. Start looking at your kids, not where they're at, but where they should be, where they could be. Stop looking at your marriage or your husband, where he's at. Look at where he should be and could. Oh, come on, somebody. I need some ladies that have some vision over your husbands today. Some men that have vision over your wives today some men that have visions over their city today some kids that have vision over their schools can you see what could be what should be oh come on right now so everyone stand to your feet many of us have gotten so comfortable to the rubble in our lives that you have forgot to see what could be what should be. Right now, can you see, for those of you going through marital struggles, can you see your marriage whole? Come on. For those of you going through trouble with your kids, can you see your kids? Everything all right. For those of you right now going through financial struggle, can you see you walking in a period of blessing? Come on, can you see it? For those of you sick, can you see yourself healed right now? Can you see it? See, you'll never accomplish it if you can't see it. You'll never be it if you can't see it. Can you see it right now? Close your eyes. I want you to close your physical eyes and let your spiritual eyes be open. That you can start seeing things that aren't as if they were. That's what faith is. Right now, begin to see a change. Begin to Hey, life is hard, folks. You're going to go through loss at some time. You're going to go through some pain at times. It's not always going to be easy. You're going to go through some burdens. You're going to go through some struggles. You're going to go through some pain. You're going to go through some losses. You're going to go through some challenges. But if you have the ability to hang in and begin to look through the eyes of vision, not through the eyes of struggle, right now, come on. Can you see it? Can you see it? Come on. Can you see your marriage whole? Can you see your kids? out of that situation can you see your city transformed come on right now i need you to open up vision right now thank you for downloading this message for more information on our church visit us at cwcbayarea.com you can also follow us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea